This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome everybody to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. Obviously, again, it's not Terence, it's me, that's Giff. I'm with Albert, and it's just the two of us again. Yeah. Terence is not here, not in the country. What's going on? I think that's commonly known as a holiday, isn't it? Pretty sure. After, Pretty sure. After last week's effort... He was saying, look at us, lads, three in a row. We look at us go. Blah, 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 blah. No, not this week. No, no. And not only is he on holiday, but rather than doing this show with us, he's just lying in bed under the pretense of being ill. Yeah, he's uh, not only is he not doing this, he's actively well actively trying to support another football team in another country yeah and you know i'm the one that gets all this fucking watford fan bullshit never set foot in the stadium you know particularly near the stadium unless it's to go and watch palace mm. he's got on he's got on a plane abandoned his duties on a crystal yeah. palace podcast to literally go and support another team yeah i suppose the the punishment not only is being ill, uh, and he was went to great lengths to tell you and I on our WhatsApp how ill he is. Mm. Um, but I guess the other punishment is the team that he wants to win, which is AC Milan, are currently uh, getting beaten 2 0 by Inter uh, and looking at, a little bit like an Italian palace, to be honest. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's what you get. Well, this bows the question. It's a two-leg game, isn't it? Milan, Milan. It is. And I'm led to believe the the second leg is next week. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean for next week? That's a great question. I think it's mm. just going to be the, the Albert and Heskiff show from now on. Maybe, maybe if Terence comes on, we just have to treat him like a guest. Yeah. Yeah, and it's at that point when he's like, "Oh no, I'm, I'm, you know, we all thought he was having it large outside San Siro, but it turns out, yeah, like you say, he's actually ill in bed." Yeah, um, which to me 
to me thinks, oh, well, he's probably got some sort of smartphone or mm-hmm. device with him. He he could have he he could have had the best of both worlds, and he still could have done this. Yeah, he could have, like you said in, in our WhatsApp, he could have taken to the streets of Milan and got a sort of continental flavour introduction for the pod for us to use. Yeah, he could you know, was, ask people was... what they think of. I don't know who played for Inter and Milan and Palace. I fucked this already, but you know, let's what, just say you... Padovano. Padovano. What do you think about Jordan Much? And was he worth five and a half million? He could have asked someone that. Yeah, I mean, you had. I don't know if you saw it. You had Real Madrid fans talking about name dropping Crystal Palace yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. I did see it. Quite um, disrespectful, I thought. Listen, bad. There's an old saying that I can't remember, but it goes along the lines of bad press is better than no press. Sure. Something like that, anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, And so I can only imagine there's similar sentiment on the streets of Milan. Yeah, I mean, we're we're big time now. We're going into our 11th consecutive year in the Premier League. I think that considers... That, that can be considered big time. I think anyone in Milan would know Palace. We are a worldwide brand. And I think the least that Terence could do is spread the word not only of Palace, but of the Back of the Nest Preview podcast. But he's, yeah, totally. he's, he's claiming illness, and it's it's disappointing, if anything, to be honest. Did we sign Nicola Ventola from Inter Milan? We might have done. And I think Gonzalo Sorondo played for Inter Milan. There you go. There you go. Yeah. No Googling there, just for the record. Just just rattling the old brain box. Rattling them off. Um, Yeah. There you go. He could have just walked into the street and shouted Gonzalo Sorondo. Yeah. He couldn't have shouted Nicola Ventola because, much like us, they probably had no no idea who the fuck he was. (laughs) Although, ironically, if he'd gone to the hospital of his illness, they might know who he is. Yeah, walk, um, walk past the Nicola Ventola Memorial Hospital. <laughs> Is he dead? No, but you know. I hope not. Well, hang, on, be... well, hang on, hang on, hang <laughs> on. I might. Now, I will have to Google that. Now we need to look it up. Um, oh dear, this could go very wrong. Imagine if he's dead. No, we'd know if he was dead. We would. We would. We would. No, um, Nicola, if you're out there and listening, hope you're doing well. Yeah, Thanks take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might do yourself another mischief. Yeah, I mean, do we, do we think that Terence's illness is party related? Maybe. Do you think he was out partying like... too hard? I don't want to speculate because Palace announced their end of year awards uh, this week, and it's going to be at the Clapham Grand. So. We'll talk about that in a second, but my question is, will the after party be at Inferno's? And if yes, how quickly through the doors will Alan Pardew be running? Given it all that. (laughs) Given it the FA Cup dance. Given it the FA Cup dance, yeah. Yeah, Clapham Grand. Where's where's the player of the year been the last couple of years? Has it been in Box Park? Park? Yeah. Yeah, I, I never made it to a Box Park one. Um, I went to one. I went to one. It was not great. Um, but I did. I've been to a couple of the Fairfield Halls ones. And I went to the one that was at the Odeon or the View in Leicester Square. Did you go to that one? No. Where I th- I'm fairly sure Adi Bayor turned up in a rascal suit. 
Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And um, I also think, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was where we announced the kit launch of the one that had the big blue box in the middle of the shirt and Paris said it's a stripe when they all stand together. Oh. And got booed, got roundly booed. Oh. Did not like it. Really? Um, and and I think that was the end of the glitz and glamour of Leicester Square because he didn't want to get yeah. any more abuse. That's fair enough. I think the last one I went to was on the pitch. Nice. Marquee on, marquee on pitch job. Um, but Clapham Ground's good. Yeah. I spent a lot of time there. I was a lot of time there on my last job. So I've, I've, I've seen it at its least glamorous. Like, sure. House lights on and stuff. But I could imagine it would be quite good for something like that. Yeah, I think so. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go because it's my wife's birthday. Um, I know what's good for me, and I will be at a very nice restaurant <clears> with her. If I if, if we could edit this, but I mean, we probably won't edit this bit out. But we should say, mm. say, I'm not going to the Player of the Year awards that night because I'm going to the Wife of the Year awards. Oh, that's a good that's, one. That's big, big brownie points. Okay, okay, let's. Back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I won't be at the Player of the Year awards this year, Albert. Um, Why not? Because I'm going to the Wife of the Year Awards, where my lovely wife Vanessa has won Wife of the Year. Good. They'll never notice. They'll never. Great, great. They'll never. Well, notice. yeah, good. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going either. But not for any reason where I can big up my missus. But I'll big her up anyway. Great. Know? Good. Good yeah. job. Good job, Joe. Is it too early just to cast a prediction? For who you think the winner will be? Um, Not a wife of the year. We know who you're. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, player of the um, year. I, who I'm going to vote for, and who I who I think is going to win are two different people. I'm going to vote for Shek Decore because I think he's been brilliant all season. He mm. did have his walking yellow card period, but we've been, you know, as we've discussed on the show, he's he's basically doing the work of two people for half the year. Um, so I'm going to vote for him, but I think Michael Elise is going to win it. Interesting. What yeah. about you? Yeah, uh, who do who would I vote for? I don't know. It's been such a weird season, and it's sort of been a season of th- th- I say, say it's been a season of three halves. Uh, <laughs> it's been a season. It's been a season of three parts, uh, and I could probably, you know, the first third of the season, you'd probably say Wilf because he was the one just banging all the goals. Second third of the season. I'd probably say potentially Mark Gahey. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say making a late run for the third half of the season is Ebbs. Ebbs, yeah. So maybe the maybe the smart money is to sort of say, well, who's who's been fairly consistent across those three halves mm-hmm. is probably Michael Elise. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it goes because also, you know, with Young Player of the Year, I don't know who wins that. Probably Michael Elise because he's in the first yeah. team and he's the youngest. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who gets it. I'm sure we'll. Oh, I was going to say I'm sure we'll talk about it again, but will we? We will. We might talk about it next week if Terry, you know, graces us it's, with his presence. Well, it's two weeks today, isn't it? The yeah. it's two weeks today as we record. So there's one more week to uh, to wang on about it. Uh, and so speaking of the young player of the year, 
Um, the under-21s have got to the International Cup, International Premier Cup, I think it's called, final. Um, we talked about it, I think, last week when they beat Valencia in the semi-final. Um, the home game, uh, or the final is a home game against PSV on the 23rd. Tickets are now on sale. Um, by all accounts, there weren't that many people at the semi-final, so I think the club are, are trying to really push this final to get to get a lot of people down. Um, should be a good one. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, again, I can't go. This is this it's is weird. I, I I usually don't have a social life, and all of a sudden May's just gone mad. So the um, the email I got said we're playing a team called Jong PSV. Jong, Jong, yeah. Speak Dutch. Nine. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I can't. I've answered in I've answered in German. Maybe Dutch. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I. I'm assuming that means young. Yes, I believe it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Nigel, um, but, Nigel de Jong, Jong, PSV. Yes. Yeah, fine. See, I Can do we, speak Dutch. You do speak Dutch. Brilliant. Does naming, um, does naming Dutch players count as speaking Dutch? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Jan Venegora Tesselink. That's always a good Dutch name, isn't it? There you go. Exactly that. I'm in on the act too. Um, and... and Speaking again of, of international sort of um, escapades that Palace are involved in, there was a story that we're pushing hard to get a Brazilian wonder kid, Mateus Fran- Franca, Franca. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't speak Portuguese either, unfortunately. Um, but this seems to be to have some legs. Apparently, we've been to, to scout him a few times and Friedman Sorry. went over to Brazil. He's got some legs. Yeah, at least Thank one. God for that. That's what the scout emission was for. It was to see whether he actually had two. Yeah. Um, it turns out he does have two legs, which is... Sign him up. A relief. Yeah. Um, but apparently uh, Friedman went there recently to, to sort of carry on the negotiations. And it's the sort of thing where you always want your team to sign some sort of amazing South American wonder kid. Palace never really seemed to go that 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 route. But obviously, we all know that Parrish's Brexit sort of drum banging was about how it would be easier to get young South Americans to to the Premier League. Do you think we're starting to see the fruits of his dubious political labours? Well, I, I just think at the time he said, uh, wonder kids in Peru. <laughs> um, so I'd like to know what's happened there. Um, well... Is there a marmalade sandwich joke there? There probably, uh, yeah, there is. I think I made it at the time. Um, but yeah, but but like you say, we all want to sign the next, like you say, Brazilian starlet. Um, and you know, if this is the beginnings of it, then you know, when's who's there? You go talking of last players from Inter or AC to Palace. When's the last time we had a Brazilian play for Palace? Oh god! I remember we had Fumarka was his name. He played when we were like in admin. Long time ago. I don't know if you can. Fumarka. I'm pretty sure he was Brazilian. Wasn't he a WWF wrestler? <laughs> that was what happened when he didn't make it in the in in Seller uh, Park. Fumarka. How are you spelling that? F U M A C A. If I'm wrong, here, is- this is all going wrong. 
but I, re- I reckon he played for Palace. Yeah, he did. There you go. He did. <coughs> Three... Uh... Yeah, one of many loans. Um... Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. How am I forgetting Andre Moritz? <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. We wash our I'm mouths glad, out. I'm, I'm glad I thought of that, because we'd be getting pelters on the WhatsApp and the tw- on, on Twitter if we didn't say Andre Moritz. Yeah. Uh, three appearances for Fumaka, nineteen ninety nine. Great, no goals. I think he played in the kit. Do you remember when we had a different sponsor every kit, every game? Yes, and it'll be like Croydon advertiser, or then like Albert, the fans. <laughs> I think he. I yeah. remember him wearing wearing those shirts. I think like TFG shirts. I think TF. They were very rough. They were very rough. It was like burlap sack material, wasn't it? <laughs> I remember getting um, very, very sunburnt uh, in Nuki whilst wearing the yellow away strip, the, yeah. the TFG one, and I think I fell asleep on the beach. And then having to um, having to peel that off while severely Oof. sunburnt was 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 not pleasant. Seventeen layers of skin coming off with it. Absolutely, Oof, grim, grim. Um, well, at least we've got, an, well, I don't want to tempt fate. We might not have a nicer kit for this young Brazilian guy to, to sign and, and model when we get it over the line. Um, but maybe we'll bring the TFG shirt out of retirement and be like, this is what you could wear if you signed for Palace. <laughs> Following the footsteps of your great countryman, Fumarka. Who, Marka? Who? Who? Very Who? Good. Yeah. Um, Andre well, Moritz. Yeah, if you drop that one. Andre Moritz. Andre Moritz. He's yeah. currently playing in the Singaporean League. You might know him. Who isn't? Um, I think he's played in every weird league in the world by this point, Moritz. He only ever stays anywhere for a season. Yeah, what's he hiding? That's what I don't know. I mean, he went He went and played in Bolton. That's probably the worst place he's played. Yeah. i tell you what he's not hiding. That sweet dead ball speciality skill of his. <laughs> I'm glad that's where you went with that. When you said yeah. sweet and then paused, I was I was worried about editing again. Um, <laughs> so the one last thing I want to do before we briefly touch on the crap game against Spurs um, is, and you've mentioned them already, this, this pod, and I hate to bring them up, Albert. You know I hate to do it. Watford have announced a new manager. <sighs> ex-Palace player, Valerian Ishmael. Um, here's my question for you. Will he make it to pre-season? <laughs> the start of pre-season or the end of pre-season? <coughs> yeah, another another managerial change at Watford. Absolutely mad. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I remember distinctly remember a time when his name was sort of being banded around to come hit to us. It was, yeah, when he was Barnsley manager, wasn't it? When he was the Barnsley manager. Um, that obviously didn't happen. And now he's found himself at my second... <coughs> sorry, my um, my local local team. Local team, that's it. Local team, yeah. Um, I don't think it went too well for him at West Brom. Um, he then went to Besiktas, didn't he? But I don't know he how. Did. 
I don't know how that went. And fucking hell, poor poor bloke. His his name came out of the tom the tombola. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think the other the, the only other names left in the hat were Mister Blobby and um, you. Uh, well, and I was going to say, I actually think it was Terence who who you know that raffle that he won last week for the kid shirt. Yeah, one of the prizes was be the Watford manager. <laughs> so it could have been a lot worse for him. Thirty days as the Watford manager. Yeah. Um, well, watch this space. I'm sure we'll talk about it when he's sacked. Uh, we'll ask you about it when he's sacked next season. Well, Something to look yeah. forward to, isn't it? Yeah. Something... I hope he does. I hope he does really well. Just so I don't have to have that conversation. Great. Or because you support them. The former. Great. Okay, fine. Um, Actually, whilst we're talking about things that are quite funny, because it is quite funny that we take the piss out of you for Sporting Watford, um, you'll like this a bit better, I think. Millwall shitting the bed and not making the playoffs was pretty funny. Yeah, that was... um, Yeah, I'm not going to say that the violin came out of the case for for that one. Um. Yeah, what a shame. What a shame. Terrible. Um, Good riddance. So, unfortunately now, I guess, Albert, we're going to have to talk about Palace. Um, I went to Spurs on Saturday and it ended just as we all thought it would. We wouldn't score. Harry Kane would. We'd lose. I think we all, even even if somebody, I mean, I said it was going to be 2-0. I think you might have you might have predicted a draw, but I think in I predicted reality, a draw. Yeah, I think in reality we all knew what was coming. Um, and I I know that you were at a wedding, so probably didn't waste your time by watching any highlights, which is the right thing to do because there were none from our point of view. Um, but a couple of things that sort of stood out for me. It, it, it like we really lacked the sort of dynamism that we had against West Ham. I think Tottenham were very ordinary. The fans were dead quiet. The atmosphere was awful, and we didn't really, we just didn't really go for it at all, um, which was disappointing because we showed obviously West Ham were very poor on the day, but we showed what we can do when we attack and play through the front four, um, and. I think one of the big differences was IU was kept very quiet during the game. Against West Ham, he looked great. You know, obviously we know he's industrious, he does a lot of work, but he also looked very good and finished very well for his goal. Against Spurs, he, it, you know, he's just very clear that he wasn't a sort of central number nine that you need to really affect the game and, and take the centre-backs out of it. Um, so I guess one of the questions, even though you didn't see that game, is should... Should one of our main sort of targets, transfer targets in the summer, be a number nine, someone that is a definitive first choice goal scoring striker? Do you think yeah, that'll absolutely. be top of the list? Yeah, I think it. I think it has to be. Um, you know, we've you know, there's still a few areas. You know, if we if we had blank checks, um, and we could, you know, pick and choose and not have to worry about you know, getting rid of people or expenditure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, there's there's probably four positions that we need either strengthening or replacing. Um, you know, right back is still 
a long-term sort of question mark. Um, no real disrespect to Joel Ward or Nathaniel Klein, but we, you know, they know they're not long-term options as well, as good as they are to have in and around the squad. Um, Nathan Ferguson is Nathan Ferguson. You know, that hasn't yeah. worked out. Uh, so I think I think that's that's an area. Um, but, you know, what's what's sort of holding us back at the moment is, you know, ha- having a having a, f- a slight weakness at right back isn't isn't costing us isn't costing us points you know what's what's making us less competitive is is our you know like you say our lack of an out and out number 9 goal scorer fox in the box whatever you want to call it um and so yeah that that for me is the is the priority um you know still probably a little bit light in midfield don't know who's going to go we might mm. lose a big lose lose one of our sort of top five players to a big club because there's definitely potential for that to happen based on the seasons that a few players have had, you know, Gahey, Melise, they're all ebbs, you know, they're all players that could easily find themselves on the end of a 40, 50 million pound bid. Mm-hmm. Zaha, we obviously know the situation there, but yes, one thing we definitely, definitely know that we're lacking right now. And it's the thing that's probably hurting us the most is, is that centre forward. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And it, it obviously is tough because that's what everyone wants in it. Everyone knows that the goal scorer is the one that wins games and all that. So it's not easy. Obviously, we're not going to just go out and sign some unbelievable superstar. Um, and and it's no real slight on you because he he did work hard against Tottenham. He just wasn't just wasn't getting it, you know. And he's not for as much as I love him. He's not a goal scoring striker, you know. He's a hard working sort of forward player. Um, but you mentioned you mentioned Ward and the right back area, and it was it was Ward that Kane jumped above to score the goal on Saturday in injury time uh, in the first half, and it was it, it was a real shame because Ward had done he'd, he'd done all right up until that point, but it was sort of another example of a deficiency that we have in defence. You know, Tottenham had a couple of corners where they almost scored. Johnston made a good save from one of them, and whilst. Kane's goal wasn't a corner, you know, it came from a cross to the back post that we just didn't defend at all, not even didn't defend well, we just didn't defend at all. And it ultimately cost us the game. Um, And that's something that I think we really need to get to grips with, even though we've only got, you know, a few games left this season. Teams are just going to know, all right, if you get a corner against Palace, hit the front post. Because, again, we looked weak like we did against West Ham. Um, and I suppose that's part of IU being in the team instead of Edouard and Mateta, who have obviously are taller and we stick at the front post. 
And, uh, you know, it's just every time Tottenham got a corner, I just was worried in the way that we were against West Ham because every time West Ham got a corner, basically they scored, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, going, you know, not 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 trying to sort of hone in on Ayu, but, you know, we know Ayu's not a, you know, we're not putting Ayu on the front post out of choice. You know, it's not it's yeah. not his, his natural attributes. And then at the other end of the pitch, you know, yeah, he you will find whether he scores or not, you will find that he does have a good game against teams like West Ham and teams of that, you know, that bottom 10, bottom 12 caliber, but <clears throat> as industrious as he is, um, and on his, on his day, you know, he is going to struggle to lead the line against the right Tottenham aren't amazing at the moment, but they're still, you know, top four, top five side that have got decent players. And yeah, you know, Jordan, I, is, is unlikely to go, to you know, not particularly an away game against a top four, top six side, and run their two centre halves ragged. You know, he's, he's just not that player. So, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not having a go at Jordan Ayew. It's, it's, it's sort of, it's just indicative of a squad problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just, just before we move on from Tottenham, talking of problems, one thing obviously that's come out in the news, which is, I'm sure, something you'll agree is absolutely deplorable, is the racist fan who was given sun shit when he got subbed off uh in the second half um i don't obviously anyone who's raced is 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 brainless to do it when you're four rows from the front at a premier league game where there's cameras all over the stadium says it all but palace quickly and rightly put out a statement saying that they're working to find out who he is and and will punish them accordingly which is great um and yeah, I just wanted to to mention it because, again, obviously racism is is awful, any any way, anywhere, any time. But if you're a, a Palace fan, you know a team from a, a very diverse area, a very working class area, a team who or a club who the majority of the players over the last twenty years haven't been white. It just it absolutely baffles me. So. Um, Good on Palace for, for putting that statement out quickly and, and hopefully they'll they'll find out who he is and, and get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, look, I can only second what you've said and, you know, I, I, it wasn't mentioned in any official club press release or anything like that, but I also, you know, saw comments about, you know, anti-Jewish sentiment as well in the crowd, which is, you know, it's fucking great to hear when my wife and my son, who's a season ticket holder, is Jewish and, you know, could could easily have found ourselves in and amongst that crowd and, you know, how's how's that meant to how's that meant to make a ten year old lad feel as well potentially. So it's nice it's nice to hear we've got fucking that going on as well. So, you know, but I, I can only echo everything you've said. There's no need for it and it needs to be fucking stamped out. Mm-hmm. And let's try and make it a bit more positive after that, because that is a that is obviously a bit of a downer. Um we've got Bournemouth coming up on Saturday. And in lieu of Terence's presence and our, our friend So CPFC's stats, which I do not have because I'm I Terence didn't send them if he has them. So the stats that we've got are basically me two minutes before we started recording looking at Bournemouth's results in the last month. It's not quite as in depth as normal. I don't know what happened in a friendly in 1953, um, but we are where we are, Albert. <laughs> so. Um, Obviously, Bournemouth have done have done pretty well of late because they were when I went to watch us play them on New Year's Eve. We beat them two 0 and they were absolutely abysmal. It was the most comfortable 
I've seen Palace in a long time. Um, and I, at that point, I was like, you know, there, there's 100% they're finishing bottom. They've done very, very well since. Gary O'Neill has, has, has done well. Um, they spent quite a lot in January and it seems to have worked out for them. Um, and in April, they won all their away games. So they beat Leicester 1-0, Tottenham 3-2 and Southampton 1-0. Um, but they are a bit all or nothing. So there are other results in April um, where they beat Leeds, but then they lost at home to Chelsea, they lost to Brighton and they lost 4-0 at home to West Ham. So there's clearly, they're clearly decent when they get going. But if you if you get a, an early goal, maybe it seems like they not quite as, unless you're playing Tottenham, I suppose, but we're the only team who can't beat Tottenham. Um they, they seem quite capable of letting a lot of goals in. Um, you know, looking at the league table, they're, they're only one point below us. They've got 39 points. But they do have the second defence, the second worst defence in the league. So, whilst that does include a 9-0 defeat, you know, it's still oh. still pretty ropey. That was under Scott Parker, in, in fairness. So, Nice cardigan, good. though. Nice cardigan. Everything's yeah. mitigated when he's manager in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, con- comparing that to how we've done under Roy, um, four wins, a draw and two losses, should be a decent game. My one worry, this is what I'll open with for you, is we haven't scored in three of the last four games. Obviously, we've got the four against West Ham, but Everton, Wolves and Tottenham all kept clean sheets against us. How do you think it's going to go in terms of our attacking force? Well, yeah, I mean, as you've said, they're 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 good away from home, um, and they're scoring, they're scoring, but they're also conceding, and mm. that that mixed with our last few results, it's a real, it, you know, this, this could be a this could be a quite a dull one all, or it, it, we could find ourselves with another. There's been five goals in the first half. Uh, yeah. West West Ham affair, so it's a really hard one to call. Um, um, I think you know we do definitely need to try and consolidate that. You know, it was nice to be above Chelsea for a bit, and that's something I think we need to aim for still. Mm-hmm. Um, Bournemouth are only one point behind us, as you've rightly pointed out, um, and they're good away from home. So yeah, fucking Christ knows. Um, <laughs> but but I think you know we we've got to. I think we need again as 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 bad a patch as Tottenham are in, you know, they're, they've got the players that they've got and, you know, Harry Kane certainly is, is, and can be the difference. Um, but Bournemouth are in that, that cluster of teams where, you know, as I've alluded to, you know, Jordan, I will find himself probably with, a, with, with more space, with more opportunities. Um, but, but that's if we play Jordan, I, you know, maybe Roy does want to put Edouard or someone in. I don't know. I, I, I suspect it would be Ayu. Um, you know, we'll be mod, we'll be modelling this game, I'm sure, um, as a, in, in a similar fashion as to uh, the West Ham game, albeit mm. with working turnstiles, according to the email that came out today. <laughs> um, I want to know what those tests are. You know, they yeah, said we've if, done very thorough tests. If the test was that bloke on the tannoy saying it's not working again, I don't think that counts. Yeah, they've turned them on. They've turned them off and turned them on again. Um, they've rubbed, taken do. the back, taken the batteries out, <sighs> given, given them a rub, and popped them <laughs> back in. Um, 
Sorry, that's gone a bit of a gone off of one there. Uh, yeah, I think we we got to look at it. It's it's a home game against a team that's below us, so we should be on the front foot and looking mm. to you know consolidate our our our, our chances of not finishing twelfth. Yeah, our comfy twelfth place place. Yeah, um, to, I mean to, we, we've said it a lot, and it was it was sort of a a thing that ran through his time before as manager. But Roy tends to do well against teams below us. You know what I mean? He seems to know how to get us playing and, and maximising our best players. Obviously, at the time, that was basically just Wilf. And now it's Wilf plus Ebbs plus Elise. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, under his current tenure, a sort of rejuvenated Jeffrey Schlupp. Um, so you would you would like to think that we will go in the front foot. I mean, if you think back to the first half against Leicester in his first game, or some of the football we played against West Ham, you know, they were poor, but I also think that we were very, very good in that first half, especially. And I think if we can do that, then we'll we'll always have a good chance. I, I would say Wilf looked good against Spurs. I thought he he definitely looked up for it. He was captain. He wanted to get involved and, and he was getting in the faces of a few people, which I always like. Um, I thought it was good against West Ham as well, you know, and I think these are the games where really Wilf can show his class, show his ability against a team like Bournemouth and really like take the game by the scruff of the neck. And I think if we're able to do that and start, start positively, get those, as we said, you know, the front three plus IU or Edouard, I assume it would be IU, get them working early. And I think we've got a good chance. Um, they do have some a, a couple of big lads, so I would be a little bit worried about someone like Billing at a set piece or a corner, Solanke maybe. Um, although when we played them in December, they had Kiefer Moore up front, who was quite a big lad, and I've never seen a worse bef- single individual performance in all my life. So <laughs> if they want to, if they want to play him up front on Saturday, that would be that would be pretty nice. I'd, I'd quite enjoy that, to be fair. Um, but yeah, do you think these are the sort of games that Wilf comes alive? I mean, he, you know, he's he's our best player. But do you think these are the games that really you really see just how good he is? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, he's he, he often raises his game against a you know a top four side, but you know, sometimes he can find himself you know he's just just swamped swamped by greater numbers and better quality players. You know, um, and there's not many players on our team that can raise their game as much to sort of, you know, take, take the pressure of pressure off him when we're playing in those slightly more one-sided games. But, mm. you know, Bournemouth at home, that's, that's willful day, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, but it, it needs to be Ebbs as well. And it needs to be Elise, you know, Elise is due a goal, you know, let's, yeah. um, you know, let's, let's look to him to, to bring up some numbers as well, you know? Um, and I, I, I have to say, I, I know I've just said that, I think IU will start. I'd, I'd like to see Edward start because, again, you said the, the first half, particularly against Leicester, you know, whilst he didn't get on the score sheet and we know that Mateta did, I think Ed, Edward was, was crucial to that first, mm. that first half performance um, against Leicester. And it was, and more often than not, it was Edward that was sort of bringing, bringing Wilf in and, you know, the, num- the number of shots that Wilf got away and, uh, you know, several other players got away, you know, a, a lot of that was because of the good work that Edouard, Edouard did. So, 
you know, whilst I, we, we know what I will do, I, I I would like to personally see Ed Wild start. Yeah, and uh, funnily enough, I, I, I quite like Edouard still, and we've said before that we think he's best when he gets to run in the team and sort of plays himself into it. But there's quite a few sort of dissenting voices, quite a few people who, who sort of turning against him a bit that I've heard. Some some of my mates aren't aren't very keen on him, and I think it's yeah, it'll be, it'll be, I think it'd be good for him to get a run of games the last three games, just because a I think he needs it, and if we are looking to buy a striker in the summer, maybe we just say right, you got it sounds stupid, but you got three games, show why you should still be in contention to be number one. Um. Also, I think not, not in to, goal. Just for the record, no, yeah. <laughs> not not to not to be Trevor Francis, but I think having a defensive ability as a striker for a team like Palace at these set pieces is important. You know, it sounds very dry and boring, but the last couple of games have shown that we do need someone to get rid of the ball at the, at the near post. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see him get a game. Um, obviously, we know that if if we want to change in-game without making a sub even. He can play out wide and, and cut in and Wilf play play in the middle. So I think he offers that uh, as well. Um, but like you, I, I I do think IU starts. Like Roy, We know that Roy likes to keep, keep his team pretty sort of solid all the way through and, and he obviously likes he obviously likes IU a lot. Um, so, I, you know, I was going to ask about who whether you think anyone will get some games off the bench because it's, you know, near the end of the season. But again, you know, our boy Ahmad is not even getting on there. Um, <laughs> and, it, and and he seems to like Hughes coming on, which is fine by me. And like Luke has come on a bit, but I think we know that he's he's probably going to play the same 11, isn't he? And have the same same subs on the bench as, as Tottenham. Are you all right with that? Do you want to see him? Yeah. Up? Other than Edward, do you want to see him give you know Ahamada another game or or play Richards at centre half, or do you want or, or are you okay with him just keeping it as is? No, I think if I was gonna, yeah, I mean I'd say if I was gonna crowbar Richards into the team, I'd say at right back. But you know, I went to Wolves. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, maybe that was just a bad that was a bad night for him in that position. He, he flourished a lot more when he came inside mm. to play centre half. So um, yeah, maybe a, a Hamada on the bench give him a give him some minutes towards the end. Um, but I think you know it's Roy, isn't it? We know, yeah. you know, the Wolves that Wolves team, uh, the team against Wolves that was the uh, fucking hell. Uh, that was the sort of wild card played. I think everything after that, particularly the home games, is going to be. You know, you ask nine out of ten Palace fans, they'll they'll all write down the same team. Like yeah. I say, whether it's what they what whether it's what they want is a is a different question. But I think we know what we're going to get. We do. And on that note, what do you think we're going to get in terms of scoreline? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be goalie. I think there's going to be goal. goal. I don't. I don't think it'll be quite the 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 rip roaring, th- thrilling ride of the West Ham game. So I'm going to just I'm just going to turn it down a notch, and I'm going to say I'm going to say three two Palace. Ooh, I'll take it. How many? Both of their goals coming from set pieces, obviously. Probably something to look forward to. Um, I <laughs> after have after basically having said that. Bournemouth for all or nothing, they either win or they lose. I'm going to go for a two-all draw. Oh. 
Um, still quite goalie. Still quite goalie. Positive for me because I yeah. genuinely watch games thinking I'm never going to see a goal again. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think they're on it. All right, they lost to Chelsea, which is pretty bad to be honest, considering Chelsea. But at least they've taken that that anchor off of our from around our neck. Um, losing to Chelsea and Lampard in one game is pretty pretty ropey, isn't it? Um, but I think they're they're a decent team. They've been getting some all right results. Um, would I take a draw if it means we stay in twelfth in our comfy twelfth place slippers? Probably. You know, no, good for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, these are the games that we should be winning, but it's yep. Palace, so I never. Think I, I've will. got another. I've got another prediction that I want you to make. Who's going to get booked first? Czech yep. Decore or Jefferson mm. Lerma? Oof. Double booking for going in, tanking each other's kneecaps. <laughs> I, 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 I During the warm up. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, we've been linked with Jeff, Jefferson Lerma because um, I think he's out of contract in the summer. And a lot of people, a lot of reactions I've seen of people being like, I absolutely hate him. I want him to sign. Like, he's, he's the sort of player <laughs> you want. Um, I I reckon, but this is a jinx now, isn't it? Because I'm going to say, Decore was very good against Tottenham again. He made a couple of brilliant sort of sliding challenges to stop, to stop um, chances being created. But he's looked a lot better in terms of not guaranteeing a yellow card every game of late. So I'll go Lerma. I reckon Lerma will get one before Shaq. All right. <clears throat> All right, cool. And just as a, as a sidebar to that, who's got more yellow cards as it stands? Takura oh, or Lerma? It's probably Shaq, isn't it? Do you know the answer? I do know the answer. Go on, I'll say Takura. It is Takura currently. He did, he did... Go on. Currently... Uh, Eight, eight, just leading eight, six. Oh wow! Well, if if Loma gets two against us, then great guns. Yeah. To be fair, there there was a point where, like, literally, it just felt Czech was being booked every single game. Like, I'm sure he had a mm. run where it was just like three or four, or four, maybe even five games. Yeah, where he was booking. I got quite sick of it. I have to be honest. There was a time when I was, I never, I never, I never thought he looked bad as a player. Yeah. But there was definitely times when it was just like, mate, come on, yeah. just stop. Especially, especially under Vieira, and I'm like, if you're if you're not making tackles, mate, we're dead. So just time <laughs> them a bit better. Uh, um, yeah, right. Yeah, yellow card fest. But he still gets my vote for player of the year. Fair enough. Um, right. Well, I think that will that will do it, Albert. Um, thanks as always for bothering to show up and, and talk no it's it. fine listen i didn't have anywhere else to be you know i didn't feel the need to get on a plane and go and support another football team yeah and then no. just end up sitting in a hotel the whole time yeah not really for you no no not for me well i appreciate your presence mate as i'm sure everyone who's listening does too that sounded really insincere but i meant it it did, but luckily I could I could hear everybody agreeing, even yeah. though everyone nodding on the tube. Everyone the nodding, to work. yeah, yeah, yeah. Little little quiet, That's little it. quiet clap. That's yeah. It. Um, no, honestly, guys, you're all welcome. We'll be back next week. We'll be we back will week. be. 
we will be. Whether it will be a trio or, or this wonderful duo again, who's to say? Um, but we will be back, you and I, um, in the lead up to the game away at Fulham, which is always a good one. Let me know if anyone has a spare ticket. Let Yeah, give, shoot us a DM if you want to give Albert. The th- surely you, the thousands yeah. of people that listen yeah. to this pod, someone's got a spare. All of you people who just silently and respectfully clapped Albert for being on the show. Give just me your you. ticket. Just yeah. one of you. Give, yeah. give him your ticket. Yeah. Um, until then, um, check out all of the Back of the Nest socials, YouTube, Matchable, all the rest of it, all the good stuff. Uh, and we'll see you next week. So until then, up the palace. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.